Hello, Dublin. My name's Mark Copes. All right. I'm Andrew Baxter. And this is... A Puppies and Watermelon. Puppies and Watermelons, mate. Puppies. G'day, old copper. How's it going? Good, good, good. I got some puppies. You got some watermelon. <laughs> What's that? I don't know. I was really trying to think of an English accent, but... <laughs> and you went for, like, somewhere between Brisbane and Cockney. <laughs> well, I got half of it. I'll take that. How <laughs> have you been, Ghost? I've been great. Your accents are really... Like, I'm used to your accent, I'm sorry, that your charm doesn't work on me. But English accent many people. is adorable. Like, you guys can get away with so much. Like, we were watching Britain's Got Talent the other night and normally would not watch that. And then saw they were doing, like, uh, you guys got the benefit of being so close to so many countries. It was like a grand final. Like, all the people that have won their countries, Britain's Got Talent, just, like, got on a canoe and came to Britain and did this show in the huge auditorium. And like the two hosts that I'd seen on a YouTube clip probably like, I don't know, 20 years ago are still the hosts and they're hilarious. And I think it's just because their accent. I'm not sure what else they got. Like they're, they're just funny guys, but you guys are so lucky. Same with the Scots. The Scots can get away with so much. Must be something to do with your mainland. I'm not sure. I do love that the, uh, so... When you, there's a lot of things about stereotypes that aren't true. For example, when you go to Australia, not many people wear cork, you know, corks on strings on their hats. No, you'd be or, laughed um, at if you did that. Have, have prawns on barbecue. But, um, but one thing that is true is that uh, you say no worries a lot, mm-hmm. which uh, is a bit weird. But the Scots, they say one which is even nicer, which they say nay bother. Nay bother. And I, just like, I, just lo- I just like it. Just that little bit more for some reason. With a the? Of it just the. seems that little bit extra polite. What? Is it with a the or v? V for very the uh, for the? Bo- no bother. Ne Not bother. But I'm not very good at doing a TH mm. sound. So, ne bother. So, that's I what like you've been the... up to. You've been watching British Got Talent. <laughs> Shamefully, yeah. Hey, it's bra. <laughs> that's all I got. What? <laughs> we learned that in Scotland. Is it like bra? I it's bro. It's like saying something's good. I have not heard that one, but you were oh. up there longer than I was. So, bro, I, I it's bro. Yeah, tell me what you've been up to. Well, I've been to I've Scotland. I've got to recently. guess. Oh, I bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was yes. trying to wonder if you're like 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 when I was recently trying recently trying to work out uh, the correct use of the term yeet. And I was just throwing it into conversation and I'm getting told that I'm not using it I think I've got it right now. <laughs> but anyway, so I was, in, <laughs> I was in Scotland recently and um, uh, and we were doing another race. This one was from Inverness to Fort William. So it was coast to coast across Scotland. Along that Wait, where's the second one? Bit. Fort William. So, so like from the, the, the east coast to uh-huh. the west coast, which is why the race is called coast to coast, because you go from one coast uh-huh. to another coast. So you did the NC500 without doing the NC500. Very good. Kind of, yeah. We took the shortcut. Why would we go that way? Mm. Uh, So it starts off with a a run and then there's a cycle. We did the two-day option, so we stopped halfway uh, in a really soggy, really soggy field. 
at the end of Loch Ness. I'm sure it's beautiful, and there's some pictures of the campsite which were amazing. But we were there going, it's raining sideways. I really want to not be here right now. Anyway, oh. uh, the next day is uh, more cycling. Then there's a 20K, well, we walked the vast majority of it, but, but a 20K run from Fort William over to Glencoe, where you then kayak across the loch there. But uh, so we had that. Yeah, oh, it, was, it was amazing. Except for the, uh, on the first day, we had a massive headwind trying to blow us back to Inverness to the point where we were going downhill. So she said. And the rain was going back uphill past us. Uh, and we were having to pedal downhill. <laughs> so that sucks. That's not how nature works. <laughs> yeah, it's not, this is how gravity works. I'm going downhill. It should be easy. But what had also happened was... So um, this, wait, this overnight thing, did you have to take your tents and stuff? Or was this like a designated sleeping area? No, no. So we had a, a drop bag. So we have a bag that we can drop at the start. And then they take that to the halfway point for us. And we pick it up there. So our tents in gotcha. there. Okay. And all our sleeping stuff. Gotcha. We did stuff to carry a fair bit of our stuff. Anyway, girlfriend's moving over from Sweden. Her stuff hasn't arrived. By this point, it should have. So her bike is not here, which presents a problem Ooh. when you're doing a cycling event. Hello, um, Amazon. Mm-hmm. So I also, through some bad management on my part, I had not managed to get, get hold of my new mountain bike, which I have now. I was going through cycle to work, but I managed to mess the times up on that. So I'm like... We've only got one bike between us, which isn't going to work. So I was like, fine, look, I was just looking to hiring one. Okay. Uh, there's, a, there's a hiring partner for this thing. Uh, how much is it going to cost to uh, hire a bike? We don't have any. Oh, okay. Well, that's that idea gone. <laughs> You're a bike hire place. What's up? <laughs> like, well, I think I'm pretty sure the idea was if you wanted to hire one from here, from us for this event, you were meant to do it three months ago. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so what I did instead was I just asked my dad uh, what's your bike doing this weekend and uh, his response was I don't think it's doing anything I said no it is now it's coming with me to Scotland and I'm going to cycle it from Inverness to Fort William so I did this and he said my bike doesn't want to <laughs> he, he, he said it probably can I think he's got new brakes so I was taking a road bike which is older than myself on a cycling event where the cycling added up to mm-hmm. 120 kilometers over two days. Ooh. Some of which was off-road. Ooh. But I'll tell you what, it's a conversation starter. How's your sphincter right now? I, it was fine until you said that. Oh, I reckon it'd be pretty sore. That's, oh, um, uh, um, oh. Actually, the, the saddle was quite comfortable, uh, so I did enjoy that. Okay. And I've been cycling quite a lot recently, so I have got over that extra bit of... Um, bum soreness you get when you haven't been cycling a lot and then you get back in the saddle ah you've got an ass callus good work I, I, I don't know it's it's not a callus and yet my ass doesn't get really really sore when i sit on a bike for five minutes what happens that's does good. more fat turn up is there a muscle there that's stronger anyway i think you've just you've broken in your bum i think that's what the technical term is really, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not i'm not gonna say that in i'm not I, oh i'm fine now i've broken in my bum <laughs> have you got one of those pair of shorts with paddings on it or no, is that like not. considered um a lot of people no did have would, them. no I've, i don't know why i suggest that. Oh, okay a lot of people did have them uh they're, they're, it was, can't it was bring to wear that no they look weird don't they they look like you've they look like you've shit yourself it's exactly what <laughs> yeah. it looks like and you especially because they're saggy yeah but uh it was, this, it was yeah. interesting going to an event which because this was our first cycling event mm. and it was interesting being there with a lot of cyclists around Uh-oh. Um. In very, in very, very cyclist clothes and with very, very cyclist bikes. So they're cycling around and like 
couple of thousand pound worth bikes. Oof. Fancy, fancy. And then I'm rocking up on this bike, a little bit rusty. It's still good. It's still a good bike. It was. It's always been a good bike. But uh, I broke one of the gear <laughs> wires in uh, after five kilometers. So I wasn't changing the front gears. Oh, dear. Um, fortunately, that was the only thing that broke. Hopefuls in a good gear. But I'll tell you what, when that did break, I was like, that's not a good sign oh. because we have got a lot of t- a lot more to go. Thank- thankfully, it broke on the uh, the lower gear, so um, the hills weren't as much of a problem. Uh-huh. But yeah, I, I, in the end, uh, there was a couple of gears I never got into. If I was coming up to a hill, I had to change gear before I got to the hill, so I had to kind of guess which gear I wanted because there was no way to change... Well, the only way to change gear going uphill was to stop, get off, like change the gear whilst holding the back wheel off the oh. floor and get back on. Um, only because I was no, wasn't very good at changing gear. And the thing is, these because, we, again, we had a headwind, and if these hills got steep, you stop pedaling, you stop. And on this bike, the way to change gear, because it's got old gear levers, which is a point, actually. One of the first people to comment on it, Cycle Pass, then goes... Oh, I remember having an old bike like that. I remember gear levers down there. Hey, Gary, or whatever his friend's name was. Hey, Gary, do you remember having that? Oh, bloody oh, I mean, oh. that's, that's a classic, that is. So I started, <laughs> yeah, so I started telling people I'm in the classic uh, class. Uh-huh. Class of one. That's a saying, like, ting, there goes the gear set. But anyway, I soldiered on. But over the course of the weekend, I had someone ask me if it was the result of a bet. Um, some, <laughs> someone was quite uncharitable and actually said to me, oh, we've, we, we're trying to work out where, because they saw the bike in the, uh, in the transition area. And they were like, we're trying to work out if it was like someone's last minute purchase from like a charity shop or something on the way up. Like, oh. hey, it's a nice bike. Just, just, it's just been, a, you know, it's been around. Yeah. It's not the first time it's gone around. Scotland. At this stage, I've committed to it. You got to at least like when people are a neck deep in something, even though you could tell them the truth, you just got to kind of make them feel better somehow. Not like take the piss out of them. Plus, what what I did was I would just say to people like, "Oh yeah, no, I do have a nice bike. It's right there, being used by someone else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using this one to save her." Uh, so it was an eventful weekend, Man. and we had a little bit of sun right at the end. Um, but yeah, it was it was miserable on the first day. That gorgeous scenery. <sighs> oh, Glencoe is amazing, isn't it? So nice. Oh, that was, it was as we came Man, back I'm, into Glencoe. I'm this a landowner in Glencoe. You are a landowner in Glencoe. Mm-hmm. I'll have to get. I do need to tell me where it is at some point. I could let you camp on my spot. I will someday. I will. We'll have the uh, inaugural puppies and watermelon festival of both of us camping on your land in Glencoe. Which makes you a lad. Yeah. I was going to when I went there, but um, I read that there could be like it's actually, you know, the outdoors and there's actually animals and a chicken right it's, the hell out. Also, Glencoe has is quite notorious for being cold and wet. Oh, neither are things that I like. No, no, and I can't imagine you like either of those. You're not used to them being from Western Australia. Oh, sunny Australia. Ah, so did you win the race? <laughs> Wait, uh, well, we finished. Does that count? That's a success. I got a medal. I medaled. How, you're going to be... S- oh, nice. Top three. Props. You're going to be so happy when you have an actual... Like, whenever you do things... I mean, because you're going to say you're a bit more unprepared because you hadn't done the bike thing before. You weren't thinking about it ahead of time. But <laughs> when when you have it fully set up and you have exactly what you want, 
It's going to be glorious for you. I hope so. God, I love it. Like when I start doing things where I can be a bit more competitive, that would be amazing. Oh, man. Uh, I mean, when I could start doing playing it properly at a national level in Frisbee, that would be awesome. But if I could like actually do a thing where it's like it's a running race and I can like finish in a place where I can tell people I finished in such and such place instead of going, oh, I probably finished in something around, around about 400th. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't it? Ah, good or do the, do the sensible thing, wait until I'm old enough to say that I won an age category. Masters. There's always masters to look forward to. That's a good move. Always, there's always masters. And then if I don't get into masters, there's always grandmasters. There's such a thing? Grandmasters. Yeah, there is over there. Oh, wow. Because uh, grandmasters and then there's great grandmasters. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Masters, <laughs> that's almost like our age, right? Uh, almost your age. Settle down. Uh, so in Ultimate, Masters is 35 for people who identify as male. Mm. And 30 for people who identify as female, I think. I hope that's right. Maybe it's 33. Damn. Might be 33. Well, all I know did is I you, that I'm... Did at, I tell you about the grey hair that I got? You got grey hair? Oh, man, I was in the other... The only one? Well, I was, I was looking at myself in the mirror, as I usually do, but this time I had a shirt on. And I was, because you always think like, uh, <laughs> what, um, I wonder what I'll look like when I'm older. Because you always see like your grandparents and your parents, and you're like, oh, I wonder what they looked like when they were younger. And you're like, oh, this person kind of looks like they do now. Of course, it's the same person. So I'm trying to think, well, what will I look like? I can start imagining like, oh, I don't know, a bit of, bit of receding hairline. I was like, oh, actually, I think my hairline is starting to recede. And then I go look on the side. Yeah, and I don't remember it being there. <laughs> yeah. And it's just a bit of a glimmer. And there was, a grey hair there, and I was shocked, and I yelled out to Nat, and I was in bed, and I was like, gone grey, got a grey hair. And she said, only one? She'd seen heaps, but hadn't told me anything. <laughs> oh, dog. I just she hadn't noticed. saving you from yourself. Well, I can't believe it. I'm not ready to be grey. So are you now dyeing your hair? Anyway. Is that what you wanted to tell us? Probably. But there was this football player here, people in Australia will know, Matthew Pavlich, and he was like getting on, but he's like an older football player considering the ages of football players. But then when he retired and he became a commentator, probably in like a matter of a couple of weeks, he just turned like just into a uh, Gandalf the White, just full <laughs> full grey, like Gandalf the Grey, sorry, full grey. And it's like, I wonder how, how did he turn so quickly? And then dawned on me, it's like, oh, he just stopped like colouring his hair. Yeah. So it turns out this <laughs> is what That's the thing is. that people do. This is me now. But Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be that guy in the ad that, you know, the one that talks about when he first noticed he was going bold and they're talking about hair regrowth. Oh, well, Jesus. I mean, I've been noticing it's, it's I'm getting a bit thinner on Ooh. top. I'm going to have to do something about that. I remember it was, it was a while ago that they announced that they found a cure for boldness and now I'm still waiting on it. I'm going to, it's, it's getting to the point now where I'm going to have to ask, people are going to notice. I'm trying to, trying to think of what the funny cure would be. I'm not sure. I think olive oil would probably well, do I it. I to just shave it all off, but I'm not old enough. Olive oil? Butter. I think butter, get a nice sheen. Mm. Do you think okay. you'll have a, like when your hair recedes, we used to talk about our high school teachers like this, oops. Um, do you think you'll have a peninsula or do you, will you have an island? Like, Do you think it'll recede so far that there'll be global warming and it turns into a little island? Or is it just going to go back on the sides? Makes sense. Uh, mine's going from the back, so I guess I'm, I'm going to get an island for sure. Interesting. Uh, it, it might eventually receive back to that bit. Yeah. Again, unless oh, I take that, take the blue pill, and it goes back when they release the blue pill. 
Yes. Instead of the red pill to go down the rabbit hole. Is that the right way around? Or massaging. I reckon... Uh, You're the Matrix buffer. Take the blue. I don't... I feel like that's an important thing to know because everyone jokes about that as a movie stereotype, but one means you're in it and one means you're out of it. One means the sequel sequels happen and one means you're still in the Matrix, but I don't know which one it is. Take the red pill or I took the red pill. I'm not sure. What. I'm pretty sure it's the red pill to go further down the rabbit hole, right? It's not worth Googling. <laughs> which means you're going out. Yeah, probably. I feel like we've probably put more effort into this than we should. No one says take the blue pill. I'm so happy it hasn't been, the movie hasn't been... Um, Axed yet. Hasn't been... Uh, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. I saw a friend post that Jurassic World 3 is going to have its original cast back and it's going to have the woman, <laughs> the female lead. Good work, good work. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a better way to do it. Like, describe it, maybe uh, her name? Oh, dear. I just don't know her name. I do know... Uh, actually, I don't know the rest. Would that, would that be Laura Dern? Sure. Maybe I just... Sam Neill, Laura, Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum. That's the one. That's the one. The woman and the men. There we go. I make myself feel better. And I'm, ex- I'm excited about this. And I don't know why. Because why... Why do we like actors and actresses so much? Is it because they get paid so much that we look up to them? Or is it because we get attached to the characters they make? But why are we surprised that when we meet them in life, they're nothing like we thought they were because we never see them? What's that? It's just a weird relationship we have with the acting industry, I think. You ever thought about that? Well, it is, but I can completely understand that the reason we get so excited about this is because in our head, they are that character. So when we get to have something where you've enjoyed Jurassic Park for a long time and now you can have some more of it, and not only can you have some more of it, it's going to be even more of the the same things. It's going to have the same people doing it because up until now, most of the Jurassic Parks have been a case of Here's some more Jurassic Park, but it's only kind of some of the same because it's got dinosaurs, but it's not got the same characters. Mm-hmm. But now we're just like, hey, look, you're going to get another one. Like It's like when when the new Star Wars trilogy started coming out and they had the original actors in it. We go, oh my God, Harrison Ford's in it. And then he's in it for a little bit. And he's actually not a main character anymore because they're trying to move away from those characters. And then they've got the same thing with other ones like Mark Hamill is in a much smaller role, and yet we're still going, oh, Mark Hamill's in it. And in all the fact, there's all new actors and we get shiny lightsaber battles. <laughs> yeah, the poor people. Like, damn if they do, damn if they don't. Like, the old actors are just like, I just want them to be friends with me, not who I'm acting. And the new ones are like, I just want people to look at me. <laughs> it's tough. Nobody ever asked me how I am. It'd be tough being an actor. I know. Oh, I, I'm sure they find it so hard with all their money. But is it's like a well, actually, someone to do. But anyway, if you were going to go into a, a lot, career lottery, let's say you were going to roll the dice, there were no safe bets in Korea, and it was mm-hmm. all about just playing the big game, right? So there's no accounting job where go hard. Yeah, go home. So there's there's a few ones that stick out to me, like tennis players get paid a lot, and so do soccer players. They're ridiculous when they win. Well, yeah. So tennis is all about you. Like you're 100 percent the the driving force. Soccer, you can probably get carried by a team a little bit. Actors, you're probably going to have to be a, a bartender for a long time and and wait for a break. You're not sure like how someone has to pick you kind of thing to get the big role. Like what's going to be your your safest 
riskiest career choice? What would you have you ever thought which would be the most lucrative career? So like the biggest payoff? Nah, just uh, what would you go for? The most risky. Oh, I guess what's what's worth what I go for, for if you? I had what's, to. What risk is worth for you? If so, so right. So I'm not allowed to take a normal job where I anyone can do it. I have to become. No, they don't exist. They're all all exceptional jobs. It's just a matter of which one you either get it or you don't. And just a lot of people don't, but everyone has to go for it. That's just the life rule. And should I be going for something that I want to do or something that I think I'd be good at? Your choice. Because that's, that's two very different things. Yeah, which one? Uh, well, if you because don't, you're going to have... I, 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 I'm, yep. I mean, I, I reckon I could probably do all right at either being an actor or directing. Okay. He says nonchalant. Director Baxter. Like I could do either. I mean, I, I, something I've been doing a lot recently, I came across a YouTube channel, which is uh, quite an old YouTube channel. It doesn't make release videos anymore. It's called Every Frame of Painting. Have you ever come across this on YouTube? Nope. So he writes, um, oh, I should really remember his name. <laughs> Wait, is it the female actress of Jurassic Park? Because you just said that. <sighs> it's just definitely not that. Uh, Tony Zhu. Tony Zhu. So he writes video essays on film. Huh. So uh, they're, 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 they're videos that are you know, around 10 minutes long maybe and they'll discuss a part of filmmaking that they maybe use some example stuff. In his, and I've, I found them really, oh, I found them fascinating. Mm. And it's the kind of thing that's drawn me in a little bit more. And you know how when you, the more you know about something, the more mm-hmm. you can appreciate it. So the more you know about a sport, the more you enjoy watching that sport. If you know very, very little about cricket, and then someone says, let's go watch a cricket game. You have no idea what's going on. So when something good happens, you kind of go, uh, I'm not sure what happens. The only thing you really notice is when someone really whacks it for six, you go, oh, I guess that was good because everyone's mm-hmm. cheering. But when someone like bowls of an absolute peach for ball and nothing happens. Yeah, the epitome of a test match. Yeah, you go to a test match and you can say something, oh, that's a really good spell. But, but then the person who has no idea what's going on has, doesn't even know what's happening. They can't even tell the players apart. Mm-hmm. But with film, I've as I've been finding out more about how films been made, like maybe I should have listened when uh, my friends, when I was at co- uh, college, my friends were saying you should study film, and I was just like, ah, I like films just as they are. I don't need to work out more. But now I found out, yeah, knowing more about them makes it much more interesting. And I've come to the the conclusion that I always do with these kind of things is I go, I now know more than I did before. I reckon I'd be pretty shit hot at this. Career change, and then in the future I'll find change. out even more and know how much little change. I had. Career yep. Well, already done one based on that. Uh-huh. But you don't know what you don't know until you know You just it. don't know. And then you know it. So now you Man, don't know I, something else you don't know. I was so close, like just talking about career changes. I think you should pursue this a little bit further. Just oh, you I don't. think you just you should just like see where this where this passion leads. I was... Uh, yeah, but that's great. I wouldn't say it's a passion. It's more like a short-term obsession. I'm really good at doing this where I get really obsessed about something, go hard at it, and then that's a year what or so about. later, I'm like, that's oh, what it's about. Actually, I'm not new shiny anymore. things. New shiny thing. Speaking of uh, oh, yeah. new shiny things mm-hmm. and careers that you could do if you just had one shot, how is the Caltex's calendar Kickstarter going? Oh, let me tell you about that. Well, uh, if you're listening to this, it's, it's all over. I'm sorry. Sorry to get you excited. But as of recording, we're in the last few days. And I'm just going to quickly check because things are getting interesting now. We're getting to the tail end. And oh, let's have a quick look. Oh, if you type in Kickstarter Caltexas, you are the top result. Nice. That would make a lot of sense. Thank you, Google. Yeah, so we've got 27 backers, which 
interesting to see what it ends at because the way they work, there's always a quick spike at the start, then it levels out for the whole period pretty much, and then kicks up at the end again. Hopefully, usually, that's the kind of the pattern that people do because people get excited about launches, people get excited about, or people get stressed about final days and people leave things to the last minute, which is me. But uh, yeah, so my goal for this one was uh, to try and beat the highest number of backers. And previously, the highest was 18. And so far, it's at 27. So it's a resounding cool. success. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of names. I don't know all the names because Kickstarter only shows the ones that um, think for privacy until the campaign finishes. Only shows the ones that I know or they've backed lots before. So the new ones, I don't know who they are yet. But um, yeah, a bunch of new names. Awesome. New friends that you don't know yet. Yeah, well, either friends that I, I know in person that um, the first time backers, which is awesome for their support, and uh, quite a bunch of um, people that have backed before, which is even awesomer because it means they either enjoyed the last ones or they're um, ignorant enough to um, just want to support me, which is fantastic. This morning I got uh, two notifications, two people I don't know, one from Finland and one from Hungary. So it's it's just that's a that's a cool feeling when um you don't know the person at all and they're from a country so they just stumbled across the page and read the page and liked it enough so yeah really exciting it's um it's going uh last few days i'm interested to hear your perspective do you because i've been posting a lot like you just i feel like if i was on the receiving end of this like mark shut up <laughs> but pretty much because of the way uh, social media feeds work. People might know this, not when you have a profile page, but when you have a business page, they, because their whole business is based around advertising, they only show pretty much your post to like 5 10% of the people that have chosen to follow you, which is quite frustrating for a lot of people. And so the way, if you want to get it to all the people that have shown interest previously, you have to boost your post or pay your post. And so... I've decided not to go that route and not to entertain their their business sense. And so I'm just posting pretty much a new update every day about it. And so for me, I'm creating these things and posting them every day. So it's taking like, you know, a good hour or two of of talking about and copying and pasting URL. But as a reader or a quote unquote fan of the pages, do you see it a lot? Are you at a point where you're like, Copes you've overdone it, or is this like, uh, oh, thanks for the reminders? Like, what's what what level are you at? Um, I'd say that it's not really been overbearing. It part of that comes down to it's a Kickstarter campaign that's only going on for so long, so it kind of it has that sense that it's going past. Mm-hmm. You've got that allowance. Uh, you can see it counting down and stuff, but it, it's I've not found it invasive, no, because well, first of all, I try to reduce my oh, number of notifications good. from social media anyway, so. It's not like it's bombarding me. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time, it's just uh, oh, coach put another comment on it or something. Like I'll scroll past it. I, mean, I know it's there, mm-hmm. but I scroll past basically everything anyway because that's how social media works. Is it just an endless scroll stream? But it's. I think. I think they've really managed. To, you've really managed to balance the line of um, not just reposting the same things, so but keeping it fresh, adding in uh, new content to it. So it's more of a. It, it's something that's calling back to the Kickstarter as opposed to just continually firing the same thing at people. So you've done really well there. Yeah, well, that's good. That's good. That's Because it's definitely a fine balance which I'm trying to juggle because, you, like you said, you want it to be something new. So that's why the video that my friend made, which was awesome, 
um, wasn't at the start. It was something to uh, announce after the first announcement. And then the, the last four images were revealed over the month and um, trying to make a new graphic or something funny to look at. But because pretty much what they say, and I agree with this, it's uh, you need like uh, seven touch points. Like someone needs to see it that many times to think, oh, He's got it. Uh, I might want that. Uh, I might follow through with my intentions. So it just takes, and I've seen that, that with myself with Kickstarters I've followed and pretty much all the ones I back are back on the last day. Like I'm following it the whole time. It's been funded the whole time. And uh, sometimes I set myself reminders and sometimes I hope that a reminder will appear somewhere on all of the feeds that I follow. But I, I just do it as well. I, I back last minute. It's just, uh, unless it's someone that I'm following, like, uh, that you want to give the push at the start. So I guess there is that. But um, it's just funny. It's just mind games, really. Like, uh, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about, like, marketing and they were saying, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be great if um, you just made a thing and you told the world about that thing and those people that wanted the thing got the thing? Why do they have to relaunch all the time and why do they have to keep telling people about it? And it's just because the people aren't at a at a time. Why do we have to keep on playing games? That's it. That's pretty much what it, what marketing is. So anyway, yeah, that's gone great. So um, we'll, we'll see. I guess you guys already know in the future, lucky you, but uh, very, very happy with the result. Very excited. And uh, yeah, we'll see see where this rabbit hole goes, taking the red pill. Speaking of, um, of uh, red pills, I wanted to mention a game that I've been playing uh, two games I've been playing actually, and they've made a bit of a dilemma in my head. The first one is called Titan Conquest, and I can say you haven't heard about it, but it's this one by this guy that uh, I didn't know this guy. I have not heard of it. No. Existed, but I'll tell you what it's called in in Google Play. It's called a text MMO. So it's kind of a cross between, I would say, a cross between a mud game, like a text-based adventure, cross between Cookie Clicker, cross between Destiny, as in like stat building, and cross between a chat room. And if there was ever, the way I described it to a friend as I was trying to convince friends to play it, it's like playing a game that is only a menu, which is a really not appealing thing to talk about. But basically, there is no graphics. It's just a dark screen with white text and a whole bunch of buttons, like menu buttons. And you go into one menu and it goes to another one. And it's based loosely off the Destiny game and also like a Greek mythology. But basically, these Greek gods are here and you have to go patrol these... Uh, places on earth like the um uh, in Athens and then once you beat these gods and you level up then you fly you buy a ship and you fly to um the moon and you got to patrol uh the greek gods on the moon and then you basically upgrade your ships to go to the different planets and the way you beat them is by um just clicking a button that's like attack and based on their stats based on your stats your health is affected and as you upgrade, you can get a different weapon that is maybe limited where you've only got 500 clicks and that may affect their damage more or less. And these enemies randomly appear and so sometimes these enemies will like 
just destroy you in one click instance. And sometimes they won't be able to do anything and you can chip away at them. And it's, I don't know what it is, but it's addictive to me. Like I understand that the leveling system, hey, you've got to the next level and you want to get to the next one because you want a bigger number and they've just tiered the numbers or scaled the numbers so that it takes the same or longer to get to the next one. Like it's, you're doing the same thing in in achieve, trying to achieve a higher number and to get all the things. But I've wasted hours on this thing and I, sit, I see myself just clicking attack, 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 go to another place. I'm just, it's like I'm, I'm a zombie when I play it. Does this, is any part of what I've explained sound um, appealing? Well, so I will tell you, I did just download the game and then uninstall it because I was like, no, 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 you've gone down this rabbit hole before. You need to not do this because otherwise it's going to turn into another cookie clicker and I will be wasting time on it. it I can is. tell like, it's definitely the kind of thing. See, it's not an idle yeah. game, so you, you have to play it. Yeah. Oh, I definitely can't have it then because I would just never stop. It's just not good news. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's great that they've... It's, it's fun. Like, and for some people it's great. But I'm just knowing from, I, I, I can't add another thing like that into my life. Yeah, it's pretty much at that point in me as well. I've got far too many games to be getting on with. And, and it made me think like, uh, what am I doing? I'm clicking the same button to do the same thing. What's, and it's got this leveling system and the developer's really cool. Like he's always in the chats, like the, the chat room is mostly quite respectable. Like for some reason, the community around it's pretty cool. And the thing that I like, probably the most about it. It's a bit like um, Apex Legends or a few other games in that it's quite mysterious. There's a lot of buttons, a lot to figure out, but there's no documentation. And so it's kind of like a puzzle and that you're fearing, you're trying to figure out the most optimal way to do things, but you're also trying to figure out how the bloody thing works. And I find that part of a game or anything where it's mysterious, no one's telling what to do, you're doing it by trial by fire. I kind of miss that kind of experience, which isn't really doesn't really exist with, especially in the games, because everyone's got a tutorial level where they show you everything that's going on. But there's kind of like a cool thing about discovering something and going, man, I wish I knew about that before, because it would have made all that time. So, but you feel more accomplished for finding it, not disappointed that you didn't know it earlier i don't know it feels like how minecraft probably was at the start when people were discovering oh if i do this in this order i've just created a new element oh they've just released this new patch like i uh, like that mysterious nature but the the one thing that did i, I didn't like about it was that um in essence the the thing that destiny is good with is that it's a first person shooter with all this stat building things so at the core of it, your action is playing a 3D FPS, which is a fun thing to do. Whereas the action here is clicking attack, which I wouldn't say is the funnest. It's more the, the lamest thing to do. However, this new game that came out just two days ago that I've been waiting my whole life for, I think, is Mario Kart on the phone. <laughs> Have you heard about that? Well, I've heard about this. And as I own a Switch and I own Mario Kart 8, I can't see much point in playing it on my phone. Uh -huh. Well, you've already got the accessibility, which I'd be jealous yeah. of. Yeah. And I know this game... Now, oh, oh, I do sorry, have reservations you. about this. No, I, want, I want to hear it. I do have Because obviously what Nintendo... I assume... Are Nintendo developing it? I mean, they're, clearly they're endorsing it. Or yeah, it's under their official. 
what they're trying to cash in on is we've got this IP, we've made quite a lot of money out of it. How can we make even more money out of it? I know, freemium. So they're going to release it on uh, a freemium basis where it's free to play, but then you just pay a little bit more money. And I don't like how that just, I just don't like how that economy works mm-hmm. because it just feels like they're each off. I mean, it's on the face of it, it's great because those people who can't afford games can play a free game. And you go, but is that really how? Because then you're going to have a game full of ads and you get most of the money coming into that game comes from either people who are unaware, so somebody else is using their account to pay for money, i.e., children are using their parents' cards, or someone's just going to pour far more money they need to into it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I much prefer it when game design is more of a, I'm going, to, I'm going to give you a bit of money here, you're going to give me something, which is a game, or maybe it's made by community and it's open source or something. And then I get the whole thing, where as opposed to I'm going to have to like pay to be able to play. I mean, I, I don't know how it's working. I haven't looked into it. You might be able to tell me in the moment that actually it's just everything about this is rainbows and unicorns and it's the entire game mm-hmm. for free is well right? it's um on first inspection yes it's got all the things that you would now expect from a phone game which yes i agree is very disappointing like i don't like that it's like the gambling culture i don't like that the people that are losing out in the situation of people that can't control those urges or are addicted to it or just lose a lot of money but i I'm also realizing that the phone game industry is, that's what it is now. And it's up to like the developers to see how they yes. go around it. Like I like how certain games, it, yes, there was a pay to play culture where to get certain upgraded items you'd have to pay. But I like the perspective of paying for a skin or something that actually has no influence, but you're happy to purchase for the visual benefit of you playing. So while I would rather a Mario Kart that doesn't have anything that says insert your credit card here, I am not, I kind of expect it now. So I'm not shocked by it. And so far, like I'm, I don't intend to pay anything. There is also there's a subscription thing in there and I understand that some people will like it. But going back on that thing about the action being enjoyable, like the amount of times I played Mario Kart in 64 and I just, because there wasn't many levels or 16 levels in four different worlds. And the amount yeah. of times I just played the same level over and over and over and over playing as the same computer characters. But there was something about the action of doing it. It was like the journey, not the destination. Like playing the game was the fun bit. And that enjoyment is like, they've, they've put in a touch version of it. So the controls are much more simplified. It's a, you know, it's not like the 64. It's a lot more friendlier for you, but I haven't played the other other versions of Mario Kart. But on the whole, it's uh, I'm enjoying playing it, and we'll see we'll see where they go. Like I, I don't want them to be. Um, they could very much go down that route of other ads or pushing, you know, content that you need to to play. But so far, the enjoyment of playing the action is uh, exceeding it. So yeah, it's isn't it isn't a weird space where the games industry has gone to. Only on phones, though. Like a lot of games, yes, there's pay to pay pay for stuff, but not not to the extent the phones have done. I think freemium does exist on consoles okay. as well and on uh, PC. But yeah, it's not as prevalent. Oh, look, I've already downloaded it. <laughs> um, 
I can't wait for the multiplayer unlock feature <laughs> where I think, you can yeah. just uh, tell three friends to party and you both are playing at the same time. Oh, sorry, I interrupted you. Anyway, it wants me to link my Nintendo account. I don't want a Nintendo account. Do it. Uh, I need to remember my Nintendo account. But I, I see why this, I mean, the reason that this, this kind of uh, game exists is because it makes money. Uh, Clash of Clans is a billion no dollar game, which, which always amazes me. Um, so this is going to make them billions. This is probably making cracking radio. What, <laughs> Maybe, I'm not sure. <laughs> and my password is not going to be broadcast on air. Select all the squares with traffic lights. I hate that. I hate when I fail that Why capture test. I think I'm in. I don't know if I'm in. I've linked my Nintendo account. Nintendo account. I agree. Now I'm going to tear up that track. Boom. You're in. So you're telling me I'm going to enjoy this, so. am I? I haven't had to put we'll any money in follow up yet. on the next episode. First ever follow-up. First fo- follow-up. Did, did, did I have to... I'm trying to do the thing. It's just done the thing. There we go. Stuff's happening. What's it sound like? Nothing. Nothing sounds like. Is this going to make any Thank noise? You. Learn the basic controls. Uh, I definitely want the proper driving sliding... Well, I can tell you, I'm not going to be changing over from playing the Switch version because this is, oh my God, this is terrible. Got to give it time. Uh, do, do I? Do I have to give it time? Because it's, uh, I'm, and I'm getting the hang of it. But again, I could just do this on a proper one and then it'd be, for, oh, good Lord. And I crashed. I crashed again. I'm so jealous of your Switch. Um, I mean, I can see it would work. It's got potential, Coach. It's got potential. That's all I need to hear from you. It has got potential. All I, need. I just feel like that friend but in high school I'm probably is trying to convince his friends to play something so that he can play with them. So I understand how this game works. I need to give you time. I always had that yeah. problem. I always had that problem of I've got this game that I could be really nice to play with some friends, but I don't have any friends that have the same game. So I can't play mm-hmm. with friends. And that just. And it, so, thank, I mean, thank God. You know, like Xbox Live came along because then I mean I could play those games online. Unfortunately, what that means now is that I'm playing against people who are really, really good, and I don't have enough time to be good enough to play against them. So I basically can't. But also, I found out recently that my Xbox is, was not plugged in, and I did not remember unplugging it or when it got unplugged, which was a slightly sad realization. Like there was there, there's a a point in your life, you know, there's things along your life you realize as you're going through life, like you leave school or you go to university or something. And then there was, I have, my Xbox has not been turned on for well over several months and I did not notice. And I did not realize that I've got to that point. I'm so sorry for you. (laughs) It's so sad. It used to be everything (laughs) for me. Just turns on the TV and it's got tears running down the screen. It's so sad. Would you like to play a game or would you like to tell me something? Anyway. Tell you something. I mean, I can tell you something. Are you feeling lucky? Okay. So, am I feeling lucky? We should probably should talk about it because we were meant to talk about it last week and we didn't. I say last week. I can't remember when we recorded. When did we record? Anyway, earlier on in the show, viewers may remember I mentioned a, a YouTube show called Every Frame of Painting. Uh, I did have somewhere to go with that story. It wasn't just a shaggy Yet again, we got distracted. This time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Again, 
like a like a dog that's you know, like a young dog. We uh, just couldn't pay attention on one thing for once. So on on everything of painting, um, Tony had a great show talking about how the sort of fairly recent innovation in filmmaking, which is how we portray text messages in mm. film, and it goes into. Uh, I think it holds up as a, the most the the uh, real watershed moment was the uh, BBC series Sherlock in how Sherlock portrayed text messages in that it did away with a lot of the st- old styling and it just kind of incorporated it into the world a lot better because up until that point, a lot of the time, so when text messages first started appearing in television and film, the way they would do that is they'd just have a character holding a phone which has a text on it and we'd read the text and then it'd move, then it cut back to the... Uh, person to show their reaction and it's a very slow way of doing it it always looks stupid especially when i think the most absurd example i ever saw was when uh, i think it was a music video try to show a text message and it cuts to the phone which is on a spreadsheet so that they could format it how they wanted to and then obviously there's that things like that and nothing ages the film more than showing a load a old phone yeah, as well yeah and you, you look at it you just go like if it's an old an iphone original it's got that just looks so old like it's meant to be all New and modern, but um, what I, I mean, have you seen Sherlock? No, uh, well, no. I'm very certain that you have seen this style, which is this in films, uh, or television now. They instead of showing a phone which has the text on it, they just show the text in the picture. So, for example, they'll have a bit of negative space in the, in the frame, which is basically going to be a blank area where they can actually have the text message shown next to the character so that we can read the, read the message, read, uh, see the character's reaction. And it basically is a much neater way of doing it. And I love the way that this happens because it's so much more immersive. Seamless. It is. It's, yeah. it's great. Is it when they're texting, does it show the letters come up as they were typing? Yes. Or shows, I know when um, they receive it, it pop up. Oh, actually, okay, well, I good. mean, it kind of depends. If, 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 you're, if, they're, if the character is receiving a text, then it just shows the text. If they're typing one, it shows them typing it. But I found that this yep. is such an interesting way of uh, portraying so many different things. For example... You can show when a character is sending a text, you can show them write a draft of a text, delete it, and then send it again, which shows so many things behind their motive of what they're trying to say and also what they choose to not right. say. But you can also have something where a character can send a text and then not get a reply, which is so much more interesting because previously you wanted to have that kind of interaction. You just had to have a character say something to the other character. Now, sometimes they did it on the phone. But still, you have an instant moment. Oh. I know that character has received that message. But what stuck out to me about this, I was listening to uh, Hello Internet recently, and they discussed text messages in television, and they were very anti this. They didn't like it because they were saying they'd rather they just had the characters talking to each other or the characters saying things. They thought it was unimmersive in the way it happened. Gray did mention that every frame of paintings Every frame, every frame's painting um, video, which is good because he was kind of a bit more on the fence. But Brady was very, I don't like this. I don't think, I think it's a big problem. And I found that they just sounded like grumpy old men. And that's coming from me. Right. <laughs> so I was just curious as to what your take on, on it is. Because have you noticed that as, the, uh, I mean, so, you know, the last couple of years, the trend is to have in film and television that more of this kind of thing's turned in where they have characters. Com- um, communicating via yep. text or say email. Yeah, I, there was definitely a period where they're trying to figure out the best way to do this. Like, definitely don't like when someone's because it's just the way it is. People text now, like it's just 
it makes it look real on the movie because we are lame in real life as well. And the one I didn't like was when they'd sit down on their phone texting, which is like you see in real life, but they would be saying what they're texting. They'd be saying it slowly because they're texting slowly. They're like, how are you? Question mark, send. And they'd be like saying what they were doing. And just that one never got me. But I agree with like, it sounds like this, uh, this one's Sherlock's got it figured out because movie, just like comics, just like all entertainment is that you want to be immersed in this story. And if everything's done well, you don't notice anything. But as soon as something's done, like some a way that you weren't expecting, like a word balloon's not done right in a, in a graphic novel or the phone in this movie is they've done the texting somewhere you wouldn't expect it. As soon as you come out of that and realize you're watching something as instead of being inside of it. It's like being at the cinema. If you're like noticing that you're in a cinema and hearing people chew next to you or something, it ruins the immersion. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like they figured the best way to keep you, it's the most natural way, which keeps you in without thinking about it, which is like, which is great. Well, you also know the reason that they, uh, it's the best way is because everyone's copying it and it's just becoming the way that this is portrayed. But I just found that, the idea that it's, it's taking away from story is really weird. But I think the reason behind that is uh, we grew up in an age where instant messaging was a much bigger part of uh, growing up. So it was instant messaging, sending text messages. I much prefer to uh, communicate with people uh, over text if, if, or email or something. If, if, some, if there's a service like... When I had to put my car in for a service, and I was like, I'd like to do this by email. And they said, we have to do it by phone. I said, but I'd really like to do it by email. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just because that's how we came along. But when I, when they were complaining about how it's not immersive stuff, I was finding it really interesting that I went, but it's so much better to have this because you can portray so many different things through it that you just can't in other ways. And it gives like uh, it gives the filmmaker another tool that they can use to uh, oh, express yeah. so many different things. I wonder, is it because we've experienced the nuance of feeling of what it feels like to send something and not get a response or for it to take a while or or yeah. all that kind of stuff? And maybe these guys are just that bit older where they it's like hearing older people talk about Facebook and not having a Facebook account. And it's just that we have that life experience of what that feels like to know what it means. And And I guess as millennials get older, it's going to be more of that and we're probably going to be on that outsider perspective. But yeah, definitely. There's a lot can be portrayed. And then they're going to all have... I, I just find it amazing that... Um, I, I just thought it was weird that was that, that change of uh, opinion on it. And um, yeah. yeah. Do you know what? We haven't got much uh-huh. time left. Would you like to play Real or Not? Is it real or not? No. <laughs> is it real or not? Is it real or not? No. no. Really, really, really not. I wonder what it's going to sound like with both of us singing. Yes. Oh, man. This is like Christmas because I made this up the other night and when we're going to record, we had a bit of problems so we couldn't record it. So it's been a couple of days. But I've been wanting to play it. So here we are. I'm so excited. Here's the present. We're going to play Real or Not and this is Rotten Tomatoes edition. So I'm going to be telling you two movies and Rotten Tomatoes is kind of like the internet's voice of was this thing good or was this thing shit? And 100% means great, 0% means ba-boom. But I'm going to give you two movies and I'm going to give you a statement saying this one is better than this one. And you're going to say whether you agree or not or if it's real or not. Are you ready? I'm ready. So we're doing this based on (laughs) 
Okay, I say I'm ready, and then I immediately ask a question. But uh, <laughs> correct. So we're doing this based on the Rotten Tomato score. Correct. So it's based which everyone had the higher. But you, score. Think so I have to kind of not exactly. guess. It's not just what my opinion on the film is. No, it's what what uh, like Rotten Tomato scores are basically made up of critic and internet reviews. So like uh, sometimes there's like fifty reviews, sometimes hundreds. But it's gen- I guess the general consensus of the popular culture slash internet. So I'm having to guess if the consensus is the film is hot or not. Correct. Correct. Okay, number one. Let's roll. Uh, Jaws: The Revenge was rated better. I'm guessing that's then Wonder Woman. Oh, so is this be Wonder Woman the latest 2017 one. version? Yeah, is yeah, somewhere right there. Um, the the one that was released some time ago. Uh, it's better than the second Jaws film. Now, I have a feeling that in this case, Jaws Revenge has been out long enough for everyone to shoot it down as a bad sequel, and then for it to come around again as everyone realizing that. Well, I'm just going, oh, no, it's the second one. It's, it's, it's like, um, I can't think of it. Oh, it's probably going to be like The Temple of Doom, where I imagine when it came out, everyone went, oh, it's not as good as the uh, first film. And now we're kind of going, well, of course it's great. It's part of the original trilogy. So better than the original Wonder Woman. Now, the Wonder Woman was very popular, wasn't it? I'm not giving you nothing. But did it do well? <sighs> Ooh, I'm going to say, I think Wonder Woman it has a higher score. You are correct. Yes. Wonder Woman had 93%. You're after a blind. Jaws the Revenge was uh, the number four movie. So that's going <laughs> to tell you something. Jaws number one had 98%. But Jaws Great. number four had 25 reviews and had a perfect zero. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> apparently not a good movie. No one. <laughs> All right. One from one. Good. E.T. It was greater than Transformers The Last Night. Uh, now, I'm going to have to guess which one The Last Night was, but I personally hate E.T., but I know a lot of people get hard about it for some weird reason. I get hard. That was a poor choice of words for myself. But anyway, I stick by it. All those aliens. But also, a lot of people hate... I mean, I'm guessing there is a lot of people who hate on E.T., but there's a lot of people who hate on Transformers. But how's there been enough people hating on E.T.? Because, again, E.T. is the older film. So now it's got that kind of like reverse. You can't say anything yeah. bad about it. It's a really old film. Uh, I reckon E.T. is rated higher because Transformers usually has a bad review. Oh, man, you're good at this. Oh, E.T. from 128 reviews got 98%. Why? It's not anywhere near that good. No, nah, it's scary. And the video game was apparently rubbish. So that's probably what <laughs> you get confused with. Trent... Transformers got 15%. People don't like Transformers, yet everyone goes to watch it. I still love it. It's just great. All right, two from two. Number three, Star Wars The Last Jedi was greater than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2014 one. That was like when their their new, their first new one, if that makes sense, with their special effects. I'm pretty sure that one bombed and The Last Jedi again... Last Jedi was all right, but it has definitely has glaring plot holes. It wasn't even the best of the trilogy. I wonder if people called down to it enough because they've got it's going to be given a higher rating by comparison to the prequels. Whereas Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 
probably only people who liked it bothered to review it. I don't think that would be enough for it to go back though. So I reckon the Last Jedi has the higher score. You are correct. Three from three. Kapow! Yeah, this was the biggest shock to me because the Ninja Turtles, I bloody loved that movie and it got 22%, which I wasn't happy about. Uh, I mean, I, I think that's about fair. And Star Wars from 451 reviews, got 91%. That one's That's a pretty good strike rate. Yeah. I think that's uh, odds are in their favour. Man, I reckon you, you could get the perfect. This could, this could be a oh, – I don't want to jinx you, but I'm, go- I'm going to because <laughs> I want to win. Yeah. Question number four. Police Academy 4 did better than Paddington Bear 2. Paddington Bear 2. All right. So this is going to be a race to the bottom, isn't it? Which one managed to do worse? Police Academy 4, I'm pretty sure there's seven of them or something to that effect, and everyone apparently has all of them. Paddington Bear 2 – the lot of the hype would have gone down because the main pattern was released shortly before. Uh, I think would have been very good. I reckon these are both surprisingly high. I, I, I have a feeling that the kind of people on Rotten Tomatoes are the kind of people who would appreciate Police Academy more than Paddington Bear because it has that slightly more niche appeal where it's got lots of uh, very niche references and it's a very specific type of humour as opposed to Paddy the Bear which is a bit more popcorn film so I reckon Police Academy 4 has the higher score uh, you are incorrect the jinx worked <sighs> you had to say it didn't you <laughs> uh, Police Academy 4 was quoted as utterly completely thoroughly and astonishingly unfunny 0% Paddington Bear got a hundred percent. Two got a hundred percent. How did it get a hundred percent? How many reviews? loved it. That is a great fact that I wish I wrote down. But um, people loved it. Hundred percent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a sequel. That's pretty. I think it's just because it's uh, it, it hits a lot of like UK tropes and and people love seeing London. I think. And maybe, I think you maybe, guys yeah, love Padding to Bear. Yeah. Anyway, uh, number five, uh, Toy Story 2. So we're playing the sequel card here again. It's better than Downton Abbey, which I believe is a movie that's just come out. So Downton Abbey has not had long to be out. So the only people who are going to have recuperated it are going to be the really. Uh, is there a term for Downton Abbey fans? Um, Whatever they're called. Just uh, probably people you wouldn't be friends with, right I guess. Up. I'm not sure. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm so sorry if my friends watched Dawson Abbey, but um, uh, that's in the Americans. But then, um, what was the other one? Dawson Abbey and Toy Story 2. Toy Story 2. Toy Story 2 was an exceptional film. It's Pixar at its peak. So, therefore, that's going to be scoring like high, uh, mid to high 90s. But Dawson Abbey really can't have scored 100. But uh, for some reason, I never seem to get really excited about it. So maybe it has. Maybe it's meant to hype change when to get it over the line. I reckon Downton Abbey scored higher. Bum, bum, the jinx curse continues. <laughs> Toy Story 2, yeah, for a sequel. Sequels normally bump, but this one got 100% from 169 reviews. People loved it. Downton <sighs> Abbey, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, is close, 84%. So that's got higher reviews at the moment. 
Number six, uh, you are three from five. Matrix, the original, is better than the Terminator original. Hello. Well, really, I left my... Uh, I left my mute on because I was trying to burp. Uh, they're two yeah, really I good films. I not you at all. <laughs> Matrix and the Terminator. But the Terminator... Yeah, like, like, that... Is the Terminator actually going to be good enough to get over <laughs> okay. that, that the Matrix had groundbreaking special effects? But I suppose the Terminator also had... I mean, and yeah, the, ter- the Terminator had Arnold. I'm going to say Terminator. It's going to be wrong, isn't it? Get in the chopper. Oh! Ooh, ooh. So 12%, which is quite correct. Low. The Terminator got 100%. And the Matrix, close. This was a close one as well, 88%. So uh, a bit decisive. I thought it would have been a cop hit. Yeah. Yeah. All right, this one's an interesting one. Robin Hood, the movie made in 1922, was great, is done better than Robin Hood, the movie made in 2018, almost 100 years later. Oh, 2018, is that the Russell Crowe version? No, that'll be the latest, latest one. The latest, even later, isn't it? Which I haven't seen yet. Um, I can only assume that film bombed, and the 1992 version, 1922 version. Uh, I mean, are people going to be nice to it and assume that it was a film of its time and actually give it credit for that, or they're just going to say it was awful? I think the, someone who's going to write a review of a film from 1922 is probably going to think it's so much better than it actually is because it's old and it makes them sound fancy. Whereas the most recent Robin Hood film can't have done that well because everyone would just say it's boring. So I'm going to say the 1922 version has done better. I think you've critiqued that 100% correctly because how does a film from 1922 get 100%? How does that happen? And the- the latest one All we need to do is we need to go on there and write really just tank it. Fifteen, yeah, a hundred years of cinema improvement. I'm pretty sure we can tell a better story now. I'm just saying, I'm pretty sure. Jesus, the people that own the Robin Hood IP must be just disappointed in themselves. They're like, we had a winner in 1922. My grandpa did a great job. Oh, that one's very odd. All right, number eight, the documentary Man on Wire. I'm sure if you know, that's the one where he's like tightrope crossing between two buildings. And I think I know of it. Yeah. The Aladdin cartoon in 92. The Aladdin course. cartoon. Yeah. The, uh, like so you mean the, the, the film. first Aladdin? Yeah. I guess it is. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm going to guess that these both did very well because they're a really weird thing to pair up. So <laughs> Aladdin is Disney, it's an original story at the time. It's got music, it's got Robin Williams. Everyone loved it. So that's going to be high 90s. I'm going to guess that's about 98%. Man on Wire, it's a documentary, which I'm, it probably could have done really well. But are documentaries ever going to score 100%? Although we're going to pick a sign up. So, I mean, it must be a really good documentary. Maybe it scored 100. I think it's Man on Wire scored more. And this, you've shaken the connection, the internet connection, and you've like, Remove the jinx because 100%, 100% man on wire. Must be a bloody good documentary. I'm going to have to, how interesting can it be? A guy, what? Yeah, I think you can see it now. Like, he just walks across the wire. I mean, that's difficult, yes. But can you watch a whole documentary on it when the thing wouldn't? I'm not sure. That'd be, I've got to watch it. Aladdin, 94%. So you were pretty dead on, pretty close, but uh, that 100% shocked me. 
All right. Uh, pretty good. Number, you are six from eight, killing it. Rambo, First Blood, did better than Mary Poppins, the original. So Mary Poppins is going to have a really high score. Two cult again, classics. Really like for some reason. Rambo, First Blood. Is that the first Rambo? I believe so. Because whilst it wasn't Sylvester Stallone's debut, it was another of his classic films. And it was definitely a sign of his time. Um, I don't think I've seen either of them. Mary Poppins. I mean, they've made more Rambos than they've made Mary Poppins films. I reckon Rambo First Blood is going to have that kind of cult following slash of some people trying to give themselves kudos by saying it's done something really smart. So I reckon Rambo First Blood has scored more. Bad luck. You're looking good. This one is shocking. Rambo, the first one, at 36%. And people talk about it all the time. What? Mary Poppins got 100%. That is incorrect. I want to go on Rotten Tomatoes and make it like 100%. <laughs> I'm not happy. 0%. I was bored. <laughs> I, this doesn't interest me at all. Oh, dear. Yeah, a little fun fact about Rambo. This, you know what the sequel to Rambo is called? Rambo? It's called Rambo. I know one of them is called Rambo. Rambo First Blood Part 2. Just amazing. They just really, really smashed out of the park. So, they went with the Kill Bill technique. Yeah. Oh, dear. I like how like the fourth or fifth Rambo film was the one they decided to just call Rambo. <laughs> right. <laughs> guys, we figured it out. I'm going to name it what it hasn't been named before. It's actual name. You guys are going to love it. <laughs> All right, final one. This one's, I'm going to preface this by saying it's close, but you, you'd figure this out in a second. It's, it's really going to come down to nuance. Avengers Infinity War did better than Black Panther. Uh, I'm trying to think about what I would put, man, because I mean, Black Panther, was it as good as everyone said it was? Because everyone said it was like second coming of the Christ. But actually, I thought it was just a really good, Superhero film, whereas Infinity War managed to bring so many things together, and I found very few bits of it actually that let it down, apart from a couple of lines of dialogue. Um, Infinity War, but there's got to be a lot more people hating on Infinity War because it's like the end of Game of Thrones. Right. Everyone has written their own ending, which, by the way, is not what's going to happen. So you're going to be upset. And you put two things that I really care about. So I really want to get this one right. I mean, I'm not saying anything, but this defines you. Like if if you get this correct, uh, you know, you're a good news source for this stuff. But if if you don't, I'm not think I don't think you're a fan. Because again, I just think Infinity War should be scoring higher. However, I'm feeling that Black Panther managed to have more of an effect because everyone was so excited about how it had a predominantly black cast. And it was kind of it was, wasn't so uh, American centric. Although actually, if if you look past that, it really is nothing that different about it. So maybe there's going to be more people who realize that. I reckon Infinity War has the highest score. It says wincing. Incorrect. I don't know why I care so much. Black Panther did better. Oh. And you knew it. I'm not sure why your answer went the other way. But yeah, public opinion said Black Panther got 96% and 
Avengers 85%, which I'm I'm personally a bit hurt by because I agree with everything you said. Like I think Black Panther was a good movie, but it was like you said, like it was the Bible that they reincarnated. Like people, I'm not sure how they just loved it. People loved it. And I think Avengers Infinity War deserved, just in its cinematic part of history, deserved um, a better job. It did such a good job at fulfilling its purpose of closing that story off. And it did it in a very compelling way. Yeah, with bits where you laughed, the bits when I nearly Mm -hmm. cried. Yeah, so you did pretty good in the end. You got six out of ten. And I kind of liked that, that, um, this this type of reel or not. It was good. It's, uh, it was hard because you got to try and think of movies that everyone's seen. I done better. Hope you did well at home. Hope I didn't jinx you. But um, we, we should probably... <laughs> if you have uh, any ideas for real or not, please do send them in. If you want to write all 10 <laughs> questions, be great. we'd love that as well. Because as much as I like doing it at 11.30 at night, um, <laughs> in turn, time for like 5.30 the next morning, uh, <laughs> it, you know, pre-written questions also work for me. I, I don't mind that. But yeah, thanks for our listening. If you would like to send that through, send it through at puppiesandwatermelon.com as a form there, or send us a message on Facebook or Twitter. And uh, do you have a quote for us to leave out on? Since we uh, definitely talked about this before. <laughs> oh, you, I wish you'd let me give it time to prepare. Elevator music. <laughs> I'm just going to try and see if I can find one that I've seen recently. No, I guess I guess we should just say no. Yeah, I don't have one either. So, um, make your own damn quote. If you're going to come up with a quote. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I, I feel like yours was going to be more sympathetic. I think we should probably yeah, leave that. on your line. <laughs> if you're going to look for a quote, there we go. that's a great quote. That's gonna... There we go. <laughs> yes. Quote me on that one. Oh, I'll set you up there. All right. We'll see you next time.